night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. I'm Ross Bolin, here at the Grand X Media studios in Austin, Texas, with Barrett Dudley. Producer Micah, drums! I don't know if we have the capability to hit the drums like Stannis does, or Davos, but uh, I appreciate the effort. And Veronica Ruck. What is up? One and all. Oh, you know. I just I love how they just like on every boat they've got a, one member of the blue man, of the blue man group. Yes, just <laughs> that's essentially yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the night's rewatch. It's a must for battle. If you do not know, we are doing a podcast for every episode of Game of Thrones, starting with season one, episode one, leading up to the final season of our favorite show, so we can all be as prepared as possible. Take the black and join us. Recruit your friends, family. Tell everybody you know who loves Game of Thrones that this is the podcast. Russ, I have to compliment you. Your ability to get so many words out in one breath has like really gone up, I think, since we started this show. It's the cocaine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that I, I do, thought it w- that I do right before we go on the I air. I thought it was just practice, but yeah, no, cocaine makes no, a lot of sense. It's the drugs. Too. All right. It's the drugs. Follow us on Instagram at oysters clams cockles and on Twitter at clams and cockles. You can also like us on Facebook.com slash oysters clams cockles. All those outlets. We'll provide you with links to the latest episodes, news, cool Game of Thrones memes, jokes, behind-the-scenes photos, etc. You can follow me, Ross, on all social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, at WRBolin. Barrett, where can you be followed? I am across the social media platforms, at Barrett Dudley. What about you, Veronica? Um, at Veronica Ruck, that's R-U-C-K-H, on Twitter and Instagram, VM Ruck on Snapchat. Spectacular. 866-43-CLAMS is our hotline number. I will say it again. 866-43-CLAMS. You can call us with questions, takes, clam fam corrections if need be. Uh, We've got one correction this week and several good hotline calls regarding the episode in general that we will play at the end of the show. The clam fam correction call is coming at you right now. Hi, my name is Chris. First time caller, long time listener. Also enjoy the Ross Bowen podcast. Today on the Night's Rewatch, you guys were talking about how in the Prince of Winterfell episode, they find that cachet of Dragonglass, and it had that horn, and you guys said it didn't come into play, kind of implying both of those things. Well, as far as I know, I never saw the horn again, excuse me, the horn again, but the Dragonglass does reappear in the episode Hard Home, because Jon Snow offers that as kind of incentive for all the leaders of the wildling tribes to join their cause and whatnot. So hope this helps y'all out. Enjoy the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. I'm going to count this as a clam fam correction just because it's something we didn't mention. But yes, the cachet of dragon glass that they come across does play a big role and come into play mm. later on when that's that's the... The bag John unloads for the wildlings. Like, look, we've got all this. So you think that's the same bag yeah. as... Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think it's the same bag. Um, so yeah, and I'll be honest with you. 
There were a lot more Clam Fam corrections this week, mm-hmm. but this is a long episode, yep. Yep. and there's a lot to cover, so uh, we're just going to leave them out. Okay. We're going to leave them out. So let's get into Blackwater. One of, arguably one of the most exciting episodes of the show ever, yes. written by George R. R. Martin. It's the second episode that he received sole writing credit for in the series, and directed by Neil Marshall, who also directed the penultimate episode of season four, titled The Watchers on the Wall. But that's the only two he's ever done. So he's done two penultimates, season two, season four. What was The Watchers on, on the Wall? That is a good question. Okay. We'll, we'll get there eventually. All I right. don't, I couldn't so recall, like, off the top, like, when you think of season four, what do you think of? Not, I don't. I don't have anything. It's the season, I think of the season after Tyrion Bad. kills Tywin? Or is, that, or is that season four? Maybe that it. I, I think that is season four. I think season four oh, is when. Se- uh, s- okay. uh, season four, Joffrey dies. Maybe, maybe. So Perhaps. I think I no. I think I think that's okay. So that's I think season four is Purple Wedding and uh, Tyrion Tywin. Well, that's why I don't we, know. That's why we're doing the nights. Yeah, see exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because we're just you know we we need a we need a refresher everybody just like everybody does. else. Everybody also, does. Clam Fam correction within the Clam Fam correction. I'm pretty sure that it's cash. It's just a cash of of dragon glass. I've cash, always said cachet. Cachet is like has a is a word the same word cache with a T on the, the end. Mm. I oh. think. And it's like something can have cachet, I think. Ah, whatever. Yeah. You, you, anyway. Cash. I'm, I know in, for a fact that you are correct about this instance of when you find like a... Yeah. A, That's uh, a cash. It's like a supplies yeah. like mm-hmm. that. It's cash. Yeah. Anyway. Blackwater starts out with Stannis' fleet, you know, rolling through the fog, wherever. And just as a note, Stannis' ship in this fleet has a big, badass stag figurehead on the front. Mm-hmm which is a little piratey, and I kind of liked it. Um, there's a dude hurling into a barrel below deck, and this barrel is already full to the brim with puke. I found this to be interesting for several reasons. I one, think that's what they were saying, yes. One, why are all of your 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 <laughs> sailors getting so seasick? Shouldn't they be used to this type of thing? Maybe the sea is just that choppy, or this river, I don't know. It's... But then also, maybe go throw up somewhere else, dude. Like, overboard. <laughs> what are you doing puking into a full bucket? Okay, I actually... I appre- is, they're, they're they're, the they were, they were below deck. Enough. Okay. Yeah. It's, if you it's, were on a cruise, you would throw up in a toilet. Not overboard. Well, like, I've, I've gone deep sea fishing and yacked overboard. Mm. Okay. Uh, so what's the height of this boat, you know? How much lineage can they do? Okay, That's see, the I question. actually I liked this scene because okay, I, and I did notice that this barrel was spilling over on full, the floor, full with, I guess, puke, no, other puke. It's puke. But I also okay, it was weird. I don't know if you noticed this, but it's like it didn't. L- okay, the movement on top of the liquid on top uh-huh. would it have suggested that the amount of liquid in the barrel was like much shallower than that entire barrel, if that makes sense. Okay. So it's almost like it, for s- s- whatever that type of barrel was, the puke barrel, I-, I think it was only like half. It had a, it's got a, it's got halfway through it. It's got a bottom. Ah, and that, that's, and that's why it was filled up so quickly. Okay. Cause that would have been a ginormous amount of hurl. If that entire barrel, anyway, that's that's sure. neither here nor there. Full I liked being, I liked the scene why because are you puking in there? It's full. because these guys are fucking terrified. Good point. Yeah, this yes. is the, this is the classic like. I mean, this is a big deal. What they're doing is is 
invading the most powerful city in the world. Yeah. Right. King's Landing. Yeah. And or attempting to. So yes, that that is a good point. Davos mentions that King's Landing hasn't been home for 20 years. Uh, which I made a note of as being important because I forgot that Davos lived in King's Landing at right, all. Right. Fleabottom. Yes, he's from Fleabottom. He was a uh, a peasant at one point. Mathos Seaworth, Davos' son, says gives us a little little numbers game here that their ships outnumber the Lannisters ten to one, and their armies outnumber them five to one, which becomes important later on. Uh, but Davos kind of counters that with reminding his son that these walls have never been breached. No one right. has ever successfully invaded King's Landing via coming in the way that they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Is home field advantage a thing in battle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kay. Yeah. I mean, that having to siege, to put a city under siege, sucks for both sides. Yeah. Which I guess, though, begs the question, how did... Robert? Yes. Yeah. If this, if the, if the, oh, because remember the gates were opened for that, him. Oh, that's right. He did that's not right. have to. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question though, because I was wondering the same thing. Um, yeah, because Jamie kills the mad. Jamie stabs the Mad King in the back. Tywin opens the doors. Yes. Or the the they open the doors for. Yes. Yeah. So in King's Landing, Tyrion uh, lies awake in bed next to Shay. He's also freaking out. Can't sleep. Mm-hmm. She asks, "Are you afraid, my lion?" And Tyrion's response is, if this city falls, Stannis will burn every Lannister he can find. Of course, I'm afraid. Giving more gravity to this whole thing. And they genuinely believe that Stannis intends on, like, Lord of Light burning everyone that is an enemy for the sake of his religion. So it's kind of interesting to see what other people think of Stannis and his relationship to this Lord of Light situation with Melisandre and whatever. And we get more of that later from Varys, too. I got got a question for you. Kind of right in this moment... Episode is setting up. Stannis Davos, we see Tyrion uh, freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. either the first time that you saw this episode, or even in the rewatch, like, who are you? Who are you kind of going for at this point? I think that's part for me. Yeah. It's what made this episode so good. Is you don't really know who to root for. Yeah, I don't think I did either. I, I, you know, I want to say. The Lannisters, I yeah. think, is who I was. That's that's who I find myself rooting for. Yeah. Even Sans Joffrey, like you're rooting for Tyrion's plan to work. Right, I think so. I'm rooting for Tyrion. Stannis is not a likable guy. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, yeah. I, we have we don't really know Davos that well then. Right, it's true. I, perhaps if it had been Renly, maybe it would have been different. But I think even still, I just knew the Lannisters better. I mean, they, so. they they definitely they they do a good job of kind of just for this episode of just kind of like flipping it though for you, so that you're suddenly so that you suddenly are more sympathetic to the Lannister and specifically Tyrion's cause, yeah. because well, you, and so you definitely Cersei don't you definitely don't kids. want to lose him, Tyrion. Yes, but I, I for me I was still kind of I wanted to see the city sacked, you know. Okay. Just this time or the first time? They also. Uh, I mean, the first time for sure. This time, kind of. I mean, you know. I will agree Kay. with you that the best way they set it up is with the threat of losing Tyrion, mm-hmm. which yeah. at this point, if Tyrion is not your favorite or one of your favorite re- reasons for the show and character on the yeah. show, then I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. But yeah. when he keeps referencing, like, if the city gets sacked, Joffrey's head will be on a spike, which right. would be fine, but his will be right next to him or whatever. Like, there's all these things that point towards Tyrion dying if the city goes down. Yeah. And you don't want that as a show watcher. So 
And again, and also, I think Rinley's argument against Stannis is super important. People don't want him for their king. Right. right. He's not right. a likable guy. He never wanted friends. Yeah. So all that kind of feeds the, you know, whether you like it or not, your subconscious mm-hmm. kind of rooting for the Lannisters. Yeah. 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 My other note about this scene with Shay and Tyrion is that we've discussed many times Shay's true intentions, whether she ever loved Tyrion. Yeah. The kind of changes between how we felt about mm-hmm. whether or not she was faking it. This is a scene where, I mean, she, if she's feigning love for him, she is so good at it. Yeah. Because you genuinely feel like she cares for him in this scene. And even in the later, well, in the whole episode, even later yeah. when she's like, I have to say goodbye to someone. Yep. Yep. And she's like, I won't let anything happen to you. She, she. Yeah. This is a scene. This is a episode as a whole that puts me in the Shay really did love Tyrion. Right, boat. I know, me mm-hmm. too. But then there's other episodes where I'm like, oh, that bitch was just conniving the whole time. Yeah. So I don't know who to believe or what to believe. Well, you know and what I they see, say. I don't get conclusions on that. There's two sides to every story and the truth lies somewhere in between. Mm, Ooh, I have heard that. They do say that. His yeah. side, her side. But we're watching. We should know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes this show so good, though. Yeah. It's, a, mi- it's a mixed truth. Mm. Okay. Elsewhere in King's Landing, Maester Pycelle brings Cersei uh, some essence of nightshade, which Pycelle says, essence of nightshade is as dangerous as it is efficacious. A single drop in a cup of wine suffices to soothe the ragged nerve. So it's like Xanax. Three drops <laughs> will put you into a deep sleep. <laughs> ten drops, and Cersei's like, I know what ten drops will do. It fucking kills you. Yeah. Is the, it puts you out. Now, is this what Pyat Pre is all jacked up on? No, different thing. Because I, um, I thought that was nightshade too. Well, this is essence of nightshade. Okay. And I believe it to be completely different. It's weird because when you Google it, there's like, you Google essence of nightshade and it gives you a definition as if it's a real drug uh-huh. in the real world. It doesn't say like, from Game of Thrones. It's like, it just says <laughs> essence of nightshade is a medical substance used in small doses as an anti-anxiety formula, but large doses are fatal. And this is, but it's exclusively from Game of Thrones? I don't think that's a real thing. I'm not aware of it in like medieval times or whatever. I've never heard of it before. I thought that it was just part of the West, you know, the Song of Ice and Fire universe. Somebody pointed out to me on Twitter that I emphasize the word game when I say Game of Thrones. You do. Game. You say Game of Thrones game instead of, Thrones. of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I don't know why I do that. It's just how I say it. So I think I sometimes say it after talking to you about it. <laughs> um, but Like it rubs off on you? Yeah, but I get I adopt people's anyway. I just like, ca- I just caught myself doing really it. There. The right. only thing but. I've ever done that with is the Sopranos and and talking like I'm from New Jersey, <laughs> which is very weird. You should hear me when I get off the phone with my mom. If you want to hear me, real Jersey girl, I have heard you instantly. It is, I'm like it is disturbing. <laughs> people are like blown away by it. They're like, God, it was two minute a two minute phone very call. Very quick, it gets right <laughs> yeah, back into your bloodstream. Right yeah. back. So with this essence of nightshade, Cersei plans on using it. It's like we don't really know yet, but we it's pretty heavily inferred that she plans on using it as a uh as a means of avoiding capture in some way. And that's kind of all we get from this yeah, scene. Yeah. That you know, she she doesn't plan on being taken prisoner. Elsewhere, Lannister soldiers are all singing the reigns of Castamere, which is super cool, and getting drunk. Having I guess. sex. It's what you do before the battle. You know, you get all fucked up the night before. Might be your last night. You got a yep. party. Sing oh, some songs. See it. Did you, I noticed they do shit like this. Hangovers then had to be worse than they are now, right? I think you just stayed drunk. Like, just 
is these that, people are is all that alcoholics. You, is that what you do? Because they, they can't be having like highly distilled wine and shit to get all the bad shit out. It's just swill. Maybe that's maybe that maybe the hangovers were better because it was all so organic. You think? I don't know. I just feel like I'm not about to do a battle hungover. I get the feeling I'm that whatever not. Braun is drinking makes you feel terrible the next day. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? You like think? Yeah. it's just good brown ale, guys. Just some good brown f- ale. How are you gonna focus on a battle when you got a headache? It's kind of a when you just feel nauseous the whole damn I'll time. I'll say this: as somebody who's always been a better golfer hungover. With my brain less active, mm-hmm. perhaps the same thing applies in battle. You really only need your basic instincts of kill, which I don't. Uh, maybe a hangover kind of blocks out all the rest, takes away the fear, and just makes mm-hmm. you focus on the task at hand. I don't know. Fuck that! I am useless hungover. That that would not be my play. Although I would never be going into battle. Oh, I'm with you. If I wanted to battle hungover, I'd be dead within 30 seconds. I'd probably just kill myself. <laughs> I'd probably just be like, <laughs> Honestly, death come take me. The second Davos was this. like, drums, I'd throw myself overboard. <laughs> That'd be it. Yeah. Um, in this scene with Braun, he's got this pretty prostitute in his lap. And you're like, ooh, that's nice. Until you realize it's the same hooker that earlier this season was blowing a guy that uh-huh. behind a peephole, and then there was another peephole that yeah, Littlefinger yeah. was watching through, and then another guy gets upset. And then a, she cleans. A customer's yeah. upset mm-hmm. that Roz is crying, mm-hmm. and Littlefinger wipes, you know, cum yep, from yep. this chick's mouth and gives her straight to another guy. <laughs> then you're like, oh, maybe that's not so great. This chick gets around. Oh, yeah. Big time. So good. She's a popular prost. Good Very for popular. her. Good you for know? her. Great at her job. Now, this this yeah. one I believe is also she's a le- there, she's a porn was star. is, is she a also porn the star one yeah that was yes. um in the Roz and other prosts scene where she's teaching her they're, yes. they're yeah using, is they're, that her yep oh yeah oh baby she's the second most noticeable recognizable memorable prostitute in Game of Thrones yeah we never learned her name I think we do he little finger when he like snaps at her he oh. says her name I think but it's like super foreign and strange sounding anyway okay. Um, what else? Oh, the hound enters and starts drinking with some random dude, but and everybody immediately like falls silent. Like the hound yeah. is not to be fucked with. What's the deal with the tension between hound and brawn? This is really weird. And he comes in and it's immediate. Like you think you're a hard man, and brawn slaps that hooker on the ass and says, "Oh, I know it," <laughs> which. Uh, it might not strike you as a boner joke, but it very much is. Oh, no, totally. it was a boner joke. It's a boner it struck joke. me as a boner joke. It's an erection joke. Yeah. Yes. And the hound goes on again, over and over in this season, to talk about how much he loves killing. And says, you're just like me, only smaller. And Bronn's like, and quicker, huh? Like, please don't fight me. Bronn's so funny. He is. I think they just hate each other because, you know. Because they're like two alpha dogs yeah, in the same pack. The you Hound has been, the, has been big man in the Lannister camp yeah. for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. And Bronn's coming in. Here comes the cell sword. Stepping yeah. on, her, on his toes. Yeah, and, I he, think so. and with the speed that Bronn rises through the ranks, he's mm. now in charge of the city watch and whatnot. That's the only thing I can figure. Yeah. I think that that's definitely okay. it. And it's he's alpha not even doing conflict. it like the right way. Like I feel like the hounds had to work his way up and he's big and ginormous. Yeah. And the he's and Bron's like not people. even taking anything that seriously. He's just like, blah, 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 I'm drinking, I'm making jokes. Right. Prostitute in my lap. But yeah. this thing almost comes to blows. He's like, uh, your Lord Imp's going to miss you. Like he intends on killing this guy <laughs> before the battle even <laughs> starts for some reason. But then all it takes is 
one the bell tolls to like signify that the battle's about to start and Bronn says, One more drink before the war, shall we? And the hound's like, Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, they bury the hatchet real quick here. Like what I bizarre. The whole thing was weird, but mm-hmm. I liked it. Okay. Uh, in another room, Podrick's getting Tyrion suited up in his armor. And Varys comes in and says, Podrick, is it? And Tyrion mocks him. Is it? Nice touch. As if you don't know <laughs> the name of every boy in town. And Varys' response is, I'm not entirely sure what you're suggesting. And Tyrion says, I'm entirely sure you're entirely sure what I'm suggesting. Yeah. An- another reference another to the whole reference. Varys pedophilia liking yes. little boys yeah. thing. Yeah. Which he just cannot get away from. I think I maybe think he does like him. No. He maybe he just doesn't touch him. <laughs> uh, I don't I know. Think so. I, 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 told, I, I don't think there's any of that. Okay, I think Varys allows this to happen because it's a weakness for other people to think that he has this that he weakness. Doesn't have mm. that he does not actually have. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like it, it's kind of like if you it, it, if you think I'm a terrible so, uh, pool player, you, but I'm not actually a terrible pool so player. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna. Yeah. To it's like it's like a piece of Absolutely. his hustle is that he's like I'm just gonna let you think this. It's smoke because, and mirrors. Because it's because at some point I'll be able to use it to my advantage. I don't know. It just feels very believable that he's a pedo. Look at him. That well, <laughs> that's the point. That's why everybody believes it and references it I, is because yeah. it's very easy to believe. Another thing about this dialogue exchange, it was the point in the episode where. And obviously, I'm more aware of this than than probably a normal viewer would be. But it was the point in the episode where George R. R. Martin, having written it, became very, very, very apparent. And all, there's so many lines and exchanges like uh-huh. this that are so much better mm-hmm. than in other episodes mm-hmm. because it was written by George R. R. Martin. And it made this is where I started kind of paying attention to that, and they kind of started to stack up. Yeah, the, the great lines did. This this was also the scene where I like noticed that I was I, I had my usual new episode Game of Thrones shakes going on, yeah, like right. my like sure. my slight little like twitch. And in the rewatch, I'm I'm usually not getting those. Yeah, during what yeah, during, during the anxiety. during the episodes, you, you know not not happen. as much anyway. And in this one, I was I was I was I had my. A nervous twitch going on. I was uh, I was right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> More anxious than I've been with any other yeah. episode we've watched so far during the night's rewatch. Yeah. Because it, it's, dude, it's nonstop. And mm-hmm. usually when I'm, when I'm watching and making notes for our podcast, there's all these different areas that we hop to. Oh, yeah, that's impossible. Well, after about a 45-minute span where I hadn't got to make a new bullet point for a new location, <laughs> I started to freak out. Like I was just I was just like, God damn, this whole thing is happening and it's like it's yeah. just the battle. The locations are just the rooms, it's just basically. King, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh it was it was a lot. It was a lot. But what well, one thing that was interesting here is Varys talking about the uh he calls them quote old powers. Yes. And it's he's basically referring to all of the craziness that happens in a shy, the magic, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a shy is, you know, it's. I think that's one of the things that you get a lot more of from the books, and that I, it, it's one of the things that the show probably didn't have time for, but magic I wish background. that it had, is because it, the uh, the a shy and the what do they call them, like the the Eastlands or something, or the uh, I'm not sure, but I don't know. There's some crazy shit over there, like. And I just think it's interesting because it's kind of like it, him referring to the the Red Witch basically 
as kind of this voodoo master. It's almost right. like it's not really a religion. It's more of like a cult. Well, he refers yeah. to it as dark arts. Yeah, right. And brings up Melisandre, and he says, The dark arts have provided Lord Stannis with his armies and paved his path to our door. For a man in service to such powers to sit on the Iron Throne, I can think of nothing worse. And tonight, I believe you are the only man who can stop him, as Pod hands Tyrion, Tyrion his axe. And it's weird. Like, all we know is that Varys was captured by... Or or held captive by some kind of warlock wizard yeah. type. Yeah, that he eventually he, like hates magic. Yeah, he's I mean, he's very anti magic. He's well aware here that this priestess is is she's not full of shit because she really does have these old powers that and can right. do some messed up shit. But it's like they're dirty. Right. Powers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, like the the smoke monster baby is right. the greatest example yeah. of this ever. Yeah. It's like it's cheating almost. Yeah. Anyway, and then fast forward to season six, and he hates her. You know, right. we we have right. that whole scene between the two. Of yeah. Them, so. Yeah. It is his oh, I forgot his about that. Yeah. His take on all that adds even more gravity to the situation, though. It's like having a guy that's almost working at the behest of this witch sitting on the Iron Throne would be a disaster. Yeah. 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 He also pulls out, Varys does this map to all the underground tunnels of King's Landing and mentions that the Targaryens built the city to withstand a siege and provide escape if necessary. And and gives us a little detail that there are close to 50 miles of tunnels beneath the city. Like, because of the, the Targaryen paranoia that went on and the way that they built this thing, like, King's Landing was essentially made for scheming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 50 miles of tunnels beneath this thing? Like... Yeah, a lot like the Denver airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Hashtag things you should Wikipedia on the next RBP. I, I That one's been brought up to me multiple times. Has it? Yeah. yeah Denver that's airport. a good one. <laughs> yeah. So Varys anyway, expresses his concerns to Tyrion, but what, what I thought was very cr- weird is how he mentions, I believe you're the only man who can stop him. Yeah. 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 Varys kind of almost has a premonition to... Look, there's nobody else here that's going to step up and handle this. It's going to have to be you. Well, I and then it is. Tyrion mm-hmm. is the only person mm-hmm. who holds it together later on. I don't think that's a premonition. I think nobody's fucking a good person over there. Right, right, right. I mean, and Varys knows that. Well, he's looking around. He's like, okay, Joffrey, yeah. the Hound. Like, who's going to be the one to? Yeah. And it's got to be Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the ship, uh, in response to the bells of King's Landing ringing, Davos orders the drums, which Barrett has made reference to. And there's a dude posted up that starts banging this this mm-hmm. one drum like it reminded me of the 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 electric guitar guy in Mad Max. Yes, yes. When he's like, now the action's gonna start, so he just like starts shredding <laughs> the guitar. That was kind of like this. Uh huh. Uh huh. And just how terrible of a job that is. You're mm-hmm. standing there playing an instrument while arrows are flying at you and shit. Not not the one I'd pick. Did y'all notice that Tyrion's axe didn't look super sharp? It looked no. shitty. It was real blunt. Just the handle was all yeah. worn and shit, too. It was crappy. Yeah. Cha. So Tyrion, r- on the way out to take his position, runs into Sansa and uh, Sheila. Is what he calls Shay. Yes, yeah. Like trying to play it off. <laughs> and she's not happy with him for not That's just... That's such a thing that you do when you're young. Yeah. I feel like when you're Pretending not 19, to know someone. you're like, oh, have we met? I don't know. Sheila. 
Wait, it's what do you say? What? <laughs> when you if when you're I feel like when I was younger I did this to like seem cool. If I had met somebody already, you pretend like you didn't. Oh, well, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a tried and true uh, neg. Yeah, it's a neg. A ne- it's condescending. A neg? You know the whole thing where you like like you remember how in the mid two thousands the whole uh, the the player thing the um it's the book called the game. Oh was, yeah, where yeah, the guy yeah. was like teaching oh, you yes. how to pi- okay. teaching mm-hmm. you how to pick up girls, and the whole thing was basically like be, Do shit like that. Be an asshole to them, and they'll yeah. like you more. And it was so that his his whole philosophy was basically centered around negging girls. Yeah. Okay. I do remember this term now. Yeah. Huh. And that was like a, a classic guy. one. Is well, it, oh, it was t- yeah. I yeah. feel like that everybody just did that in the. I mean, I I, I thought it was just a young person thing. Like, oh, you're just trying to be like cool. You don't. Well, it, but in this it, instance, I was so drunk, yes, you can't no, you're right. It is definitely like in a. Instance, I'm that's too not, cool. That's thing. not yeah. what he's doing though. He's doing it to try to put up right. this facade that, that he, like he does doesn't actually know her. Know her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yes, I know. I don't think he was trying right. to be cool in front of Shay. Yeah. <laughs> Sansa says, "I will pray for your safe return, my lord." And Tyrion's like, "Will you?" And she says, "Just as I pray for the kings." Well, <laughs> like, sass master. It's like, ah, she's super sassy here. Oh, yeah. yeah, like she, this is this is border. I mean, well, she's got some weakness. The city's being attacked, so she's got a little weakness to work with, where she can finally be a little bit like, "Yeah, fuck you guys." Yeah, or, okay, you know what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joffrey unsheathes his new blade, Heart Eater, he, which he's named it, and makes Sansa kiss it. He's just such a he's, he's creepy. such a little shit. I should probably save this for the roast of Joffrey Baratheon, but Joffrey naming his sword Heart Eater is like when you're a little kid on a soccer team and you and you want to name it the Scorpions or the Hurricanes or the Thunder or the Lightning. Right. It's That's like the four things that you think are cool. Heart Eater. Heart Eater. It's just Come it's on, he's bro. trying too hard. He is. He is. They get up into their position. Or first of all, this is a weird crew that Joffrey is traveling with. It's Joffrey, Lancel, the Hound, and like a couple of random guys. Why is Lancel part of this this crew? Isn't he is he a squire? I don't know. What yes, he, is now. he okay. He was a, Robert's squire. I think he but might dead. still be a, a, a squire. I think s- okay. Now I think somewhere along the way, he wasn't he made a knight already. Yes, because he started sleeping with Cersei. Right. So he gets he gets like a knighthood. Okay, but there you but go. he is he's a knight. It it definitely would appear that he is serving as Joffrey's squire here as well. Yeah, he's on on his behalf. Like Joffrey asks when they get up to their position, "Where's our fleet?" Tyrion says, "On the way." Joffrey says, "Well, why why isn't it here now? They're coming." Tyrion doesn't respond. He says, "Hound, tell the hand that his king has asked him a question." The hound says, "The king has <laughs> asked you a question." Tyrion says, "Lancel, tell the hound to tell the king that the hand is extremely busy." <laughs> Lancel says, "The hound of the the hand of the king would like me to tell you to tell the king," and Joffrey cuts him off. If I tell the hound to cut you in half, he'll do it without a second thought. And Tyrion, go- this is another one of those where it's like oh, George it's R. R. Martin wrote this. Yeah, that would make me the quarterman. Doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, and it continues. But that that whole exchange again, fantastic. Well, and, and even though Tyrion's uh, a few minutes before this talking with Bronn about how he's friend, how they're yes, friends, how they're friends, and he's like, just because I pay you for your services doesn't, doesn't diminish, diminish our, our friendship. friendship. Yeah. And Bronn says. It enhances it, really. <laughs> it enhances it, really. <laughs> they have great lines. And then they're about, that's a fancy word, and oh, yeah, it's so good. It's been awesome. Hanging with fa- been spending time with, with fancy, fancy folks. folks. That's one of my favorite Braun lines. Yeah. Ever. Uh, Davos is asking on his ship, where, where are the, where's the Lannister fleet? 
you know, they're supposed to be engaging in this naval combat before they're able to go and take the wall, which you have to keep in mind. So that's why he's like, what the hell's going on here? Mathis is under the impression that they've somehow taken the city by surprise, which Davos is like, come on. No, Lord Varys knows what you had for breakfast three <laughs> days ago and puts that theory to bed. And we bounce over to Cersei and she's got this badass gold breastplate on over her normal dress. It's pretty tight. Very yeah. cool. And she's just pounding wine and forcing Sansa to drink with her. She's a little, a little drunk looking. She got she got fucked up yeah, during this episode. Yeah, she's swinging that. Swirling it around. Yeah, she is around. hammered. Yeah. Yes, she's real fucked up. And, and it made it, me think, sadly, that this is how I would react if I was in a city under siege. It just... The, what is, I don't even think that's that sad. It's not. Like, what else what are I, you going to do? It's just what I would do. This whole thing is very... I was trying to put my finger on kind of what it reminded me of. But Cersei is basically the sorority sister yeah. who's a senior. Yes. And she is hammered. And she is giving bitchy advice to like the dorky freshman girls. Like it's almost who she's hazing. being forced to hang out with for some yeah, reason. Yeah. It's yeah. like <laughs> almost hazing, but it's like disguised as conversation. But right, really it's right. just everything she says is her <laughs> giving this girl a hard time. Uh, she's forcing Sansa to drink with her. Tommen is there. Old Tommen. Old Tommen. It's old still Tommen. old Tommen. Old Tommen chilling. Old Tommen had a nice little run. He did. He did. Underrated run by Old Tommen. Yeah. And Sir Illyn Payne is also there, which Cersei points out is uh, to defend us, to defend them, which seems very odd. Then Stannis' ships emerge from the fog, and Tyrion sends the archers to their marks, tells them to hold fast, and then we see this one, this solo Lannister ship rolling out to meet the entire fleet that Stannis has. Davos orders his archers to knock, set, and draw. Sees the one ship has no one on board. He's like, oh my god, what the hell? It has a rope tied to the steering wheel to keep it going straight at Stannis's fleet. And then at the same time, Wisdom, Haleen, the crazy old, what do you call him? Like Warlock, whatever he is, uh, emerges from, emerges up onto the wall to see Tyrion and watch his like potion do its trick. He hands Tyrion a torch to throw over the wall to signal Bronn. Davos sees that the ship is dumping wildfire. Tyrion throws his torch. Bronn fires his flaming arrow into the wildfire. Boom. We get the most expensive green explosion Mm -hmm. in television or movie history. I thought one thing I noticed there was a lot of green fire and then there was regular colored fire. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make sense in my head of like why there would be some of either. And obviously, look, I'm just going to let it go. But that was a little weird. Don't you think that like you have to light the wildfire with regular fire? Right. Know? Yeah. So he maybe does. that shit just hasn't, you know. Also, it's kind of like the wildfire itself burns green. And then it breeds other fires. But then if it's, yeah. But then if other star fires are started by the regular the, color, they're regular fires. That's, yeah. that's, that's kind of where I went with it in my head. I was just kind of like, I don't know. This yeah, makes a lot yeah. of sense. But I'm just There's just a lot of fire. There's just, just fire, fire everywhere. Yeah. There's all types of fire. Um, Mathos, Braun. Oh, go ahead. With Mathos, Mathos gets rocked. Yeah, he, get, yeah. He, he has gone to the wrong side of the ship. And, uh, you know, Davos yells out to try to save him at the last second. But he's done so. Yeah. He explodes. I was just gonna Braun is Braun is Mike Trout, man. He's a five tool player. He's a he is a, a hell of a shot. <laughs> One shot, all it took. I, well, he can do everything. Yes. He he's a he's a top notch archer as well. Remember in season seven when he's the guy manning the scorpion? Yeah, yeah. 
and it uh, again I'll get I'll, he takes two shots for that. It, yes. But still, but he can do anything. He is I got to I'm rewatching this and I'm I'm I think Braun is I think Braun's the best soldier in all, in all the realms. He's the MVP. I think he's the MVP. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think mean, I agree with that. He is I mean I mean who else would it be? Whatever he's being paid, he's well worth it. Oh yeah. 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 And I, I think that's part of the reason like some people are probably like, okay, how's this guy moving up so quickly from like, you know, he continues to mm-hmm. rise in the ranks. This is how. Yeah. Because he everything he's asked to do, he does it successfully. Yeah. And it's all kinds of different shit. Right. Like he's all over the map. Yeah. Uh, everyone, even the Lannister soldiers watching, are taken aback by this explosion, the wildfire fire explosion, which leads you to, you have to ask yourself, okay, so who knew this was going to happen? And the answer is Tyrion, uh, the old, Freaky, uh, what is the name of the Pyro, guys? The Pyromaster. Pyromaster, yeah. That dude, Hi- Wisdom Hylene, he knew. And uh, Braun. I don't think anyone else knew. Because hmm. hmm. think about it Joffrey doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Cersei doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Hound would have been they, there if even the Hound know. didn't know. I yeah. thought Cersei and Joffrey were the ones planning on the. Uh, that originally no, got the she, ball rolling on the wildfire. I think Cersei's intention was that she was building up the cache of wildfire for the sake of potentially destroying the entire fucking city. Okay, okay. Uh, if need be. Gotcha. But I don't think she had the strategy in place to do what Tyrion is doing. Okay, that's, that's right. Because when Tyrion. he goes and talks to the Wisdom, he's like, you're not making it for her anymore. You're making, you're it, making for it for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they're the only people who knew. That's why everyone is like, holy shit. But I guess people know what wildfire They know is, what it is. Though. Yes, they know what it is. Because Davos knew... It's they, been. Is it's something been, like? Do you not see it a lot, or what? It is not seen a lot, but it has been utilized before, and it's something you would have heard about. Like, so I, I would compare it to like how I know that the atom bomb exists, okay. or like a nuclear bomb exists. Okay. I've mm-hmm. never seen one, but if I saw one go off, I'd be like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Before yeah. being okay. evaporated. That's, yeah. This uh, here's okay. At, in the shortly after the aftermath of the explosion, Stannis says, "Okay, the imps played his trick. He can only play it once." How does he know that this was the, that this was Tyrion's? I think I he, think they he all know that he's, in charge. That he's the, yeah. the the mastermind, tricky, the tricky one who's up there pulling the strings. I think because they all basically know it's not Joffrey, and they know that's his hand. Similarly so. to Who how else? the okay. people of Flea Bottom blame the little demon monkey for everything <laughs> that's going on in the city. Yeah, it is assumed that Tyrion is the one huh, okay. making the calling the shots. Hmm. Uh, after all that. Stannis's reaction is very telling. He's basically unfazed, at least outwardly, and he orders his surviving men to prepare to land. And one of the guys is like, "The fire! They're archers! Like hundreds will die." And Stannis's reaction is, "Thousands, come with me and take this city." And like, at this point, when you see all of this starting to happen, and there's a couple more points in the episode where like more men rush in, more of Stannis's men, and you're wondering, okay. How many people actually got blown up by the wildfire thing? Yeah. That's where you have to remember the 10 to 1, 5 to 1 ratios that mm-hmm. we discussed earlier in the episode. They had way more men. So for the Lannisters to even have a shot, they were going to have to pull something off like Tyrion did with the wildfire. Right. But right. that's why Stannis is still able to make a run at the city and mm-hmm. almost have success because they had so many, such bigger numbers. 
the uh, the drunk guy from the first episode of the season, Sir Dantos. I believe that was the first episode of season two. Joffrey's name day, where he's supposed mm-hmm. to come out uh-huh. and fight, but he gets, you know, we know what happens. But uh, he is juggling for Cersei and the other ladies that are in this little area with Cersei. He's oh, just I'm, in there I like do, 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 like juggling. So he's still there. I can picture somebody juggling. I did not realize it was Dantos. Yeah, it was Sir Dantos. Yeah. Shouts to Dantos. Yeah, uh, Sansa. Is is praying in a little circle with a few other women, and Cersei's like, "Oh my god, this stupid bitch!" Like calls her over and <laughs> makes her drink more instead. Yeah. At this point, it struck me that it's a little odd. Cersei has no girlfriends. Like there are no other like real housewives of King's Landing. No other like rich bitches yeah. who are down mm-hmm. for the same cause that she is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Women yeah. like Cersei tend to find other women like that. To and be I mean, total cunts. I feel like that's a thing in all like medieval shit. Like the queen has like her group of chicks. Right, what do they right. call like the her ladies in waiting that are right. just other wit- rich bitches that chill with her all the time and that hold the same kind of attitude. Yeah, but it's odd that she's so she is just solitude here. There's no, there's no. It's just her boozing and then like yeah. Sansa's like her kind of only Daenerys friend. Daenerys has them always. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. from from the from the jump, she's got her girls. And yeah. Cersei has no one. It's really weird. Like, I'd be getting shit-faced with my boys. Right. She's getting shit-faced alone and, like, giving Sansa a really hard time. And that's kind of it. It's just bizarre. She mentions how if it were anyone else outside the gates, she might take a run at seducing them. But this is Stannis Baratheon, and she'd have a better chance at seducing his horse. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Like... That Stannis is seen as this such a noble, stoic figure that he couldn't be seduced. But ironically, he has been seduced by yeah. Melisandre. That's true. Which is interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But he's seduced more by the potential for the power. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And the birth of a son. Yes. Here's the thing. If you get if you get duped because you were seduced, you're kind you're kind of an idiot. That's a big L. It's a very it's, big L. And I feel like it happens all the time. Like, even now, guys do that. Boys mean, are stupid. Cersei's point here, and it's one of the most important things she says in the whole season, or maybe ever. Tears aren't a woman's only weapon. The best ones between your legs. Learn how to use it. Drink. <laughs> Drink. Uh, <laughs> is, <laughs> is very, very true. And to your point, it is, it is a straight man's biggest weakness. Yeah. Like, that... We get and duped all so the time dumb. by this. It's constant and for it's your whole very life. Very dumb. It is very dumb, and most of the time we know it's dumb, and we still do it anyway. Just thinking with the wrong head. Am I right? <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> the the fact that she ends her, you know, that's what they say. Knowledge. They say no, I've heard that. Okay. That she ends her knowledge drop with drink again. It's like, <laughs> it's like a drinking game where you drink every time Cersei tells you to drink, mm-hmm. but that's the only that's the only rule, and mm-hmm. it's not fun for anyone else except for her. That was another great yeah. line. I, I I'm not thirsty. I didn't offer you water. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, she's awesome. <laughs> Uh, then Cersei tells Sansa, she's like getting drunker and drunker as this unfolds. She, and now she's just openly telling everyone in the room that they're in for a bit of rape if the city falls, which never heard it described as a bit of rape. Mm. And uh, that Sansa will look like a slice of cake just waiting to be eaten by these men because they'll have their blood up. And when your blood is up, anything with tits looks good. But Sansa, it is implied that she is very hot. So she'll be like a slice of cake. Gross. She's screwed mm. if they get... Everyone there is screwed if they get uh, invaded. 
And when they when she hears that, Sansa's like, yeah, fuck this, and chugs her cup. Stannis' men make their way to the shore in these rowboats, and when Tyrion sees that Stannis hasn't given up, he says, he's a serious man, Stannis Baratheon, and this is when Joffrey starts to freak out. They're coming, there are too many. He's completely pussying out. The meltdown has begun. Tyrion sends the Hound to form a welcome party for any Baratheon soldiers that make landfall. And this whole thing becomes like an invasion of Normandy, like storming the beaches situation where dudes are just getting wiped out coming off the boats, but there are so many of them that they just keep coming. And Stannis, at one point, uh, yells for his second and third units to go to the Mudgate. He does. To the Mudgate. To the Mudgate! To the Mudgate! The Hound, when he's coming out with this welcome party, yells, if any man dies with a clean sword, I'll rape his fucking corpse. Yeah. Great Hound line. This battle that unfolds is so cool. There's so much going on. It's just like the most anxiety-producing action. Very gratuitous. A oh, lot yeah. Of, yeah. Dudes are getting got like, in violent fashion. The Hound's man chop, where he oh. just cha- chops that dude in half, and they make sure that you see like all of his intestines. He cuts him in half. Yeah. That's with one swing of the sword. Yeah. Similarly to how his brother, the Mountain, cut that horse in half in yeah. season one. Ugh. That was close. Uh, very cool and very real looking. That... that <laughs> The, ca- the hound cutting that dude in half. Lancel takes an arrow to the side, and he's like, oh, I'm hurt, and like runs inside. He's done. It, okay, it seemed way too easy. Okay, okay. Lancel gets hit with the arrow, yes. and he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. And he just kind of casually jogs back into the castle. There's not a lot of order here. Why? I mean, if I'm a Baratheon soldier, why am I just not running over th- following his ass? Or like... Punching him in the face and being like, "Get your ass back out there! We're fighting in a war." Yeah, it ju- it just seemed it it seemed really easy for these guys to just kind of hustle back to the door and be like, "Ah, oh, okay, let me yeah, get a, let like, me get a drink of water real quick." It's a very unorganized battle. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem that Varys foresaw was like, "Okay, so we've got this one plan, but if that doesn't work, who's going to be the one commanding this battle mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody's staying and doing what they're supposed to be doing and not fleeing or whatever?" <laughs> There's nobody there right, holding any of these people accountable. No. Back in the ladies' room, everyone's either trying to sleep or relax or whatever, and Cersei's still just getting shithoused and, and telling Sansa really depressing shit. Then she notices Shay and says, I don't think I know this one, pretty. And it's almost like she immediately has her like evil spidey sense goes off. Like, there's yeah. something about this chick that's not right. And Shay curtsies, and Cersei says, that's the worst curtsy I've ever seen. And she's about to force Shay to tell her a story. She's like, I'm sure there's an interesting story behind how, wherever she's from. She notices her accent. It gets really scary where you're like, oh, God, oh, God, a oh, God. commoner from Lorath. Lorath, which I've never heard. We've never heard of. Sounds and like all a the place from a uh, Dr. Seuss. Uh, yes, it yeah, does. To a handmaiden in the Red Keep. Like the Lorax. Exactly like that. Yes, exactly like that. Um, but then Lancel bursts in. And interrupts before Shay is forced to tell a story. And Cersei orders him back out to the to to get Joffrey from the battle, and bring him back to his chambers for safety because Lancel has informed her things are not going super well. Uh, Cersei admits to Sansa that Sir Illyn is there because they're not going to be taken alive. At this point, she is just blabbering, basically like whatever it is. They're not. Sir Illyn is go- there to kill them. I think if this season was released in 2018, I think Sir Illyn would be ripe for the memeing. Because he just stands keep, there. 
they keep panning over to his face. And this dude kind of looks like Fred Armisen a little bit. <laughs> and he's we've already seen that he's not that big and he's kind of skinny and gaunt looking. So he's he's only he's scary in the fact that he's like a little old creepy man. And has no tongue. And has no tongue and can't talk. Uh-huh. But I keep expecting him to just like, he does the real serious look. And then I keep just expecting him to kind of like look at the camera and be like, yeah, do like a, w- a wild little yeah, smile. Yeah, he's yeah, he's it's he's not very scary to be it's honest. Weird. It's kind of weird. He's kind of an odd character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to add to that, later on when they when they leave, he does n- nothing to stop Sansa. Like Shay's like, run, get out now. Yeah, and yeah. Sansa runs to the door and like takes off, and they show Sir Illyn, and again, same face, <laughs> yes, and zero reaction. He's just like, doesn't seem to mind that. The, the most important person in the room, remaining in the room, Cersei's already left, has just fled, and he's doing nothing to stop her. Uh, back to the battle, a dude on fire, one of Stannis' soldiers, is running at the Hound, and the Hound completely freezes up because of the flames. As we know, he has, uh, feels a certain way about fire. Based There's on too his, much fire out there. Based on his childhood. There's just too much. Braun shoots an arrow through this flaming dude's head to kind of save the hound, but the hound is like, nope, 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 too much fire. I'm out. He goes inside, just like Lancel did. Kind of just turns around and yep, walks in. back in. Yep. Uh, except this time, all the other Lannister forces are kind of falling back with him. Everybody's like, okay, we're done here. The hound gets some wine, pulls the cork out with his teeth and spits it, as is tradition. And Tyrion's like, dude, what are you doing? He makes a joke like, can I get you some raspberries or something like that? Joffrey commands the Hound to get back out there and fight. Tyrion reminds the Hound that he's the King's Guard, that he's King's Guard. He says, like, you're King's Guard, Clegane. And the Hound's response is, fuck the King's Guard, fuck the city, <laughs> fuck the king. Yeah. And then he just walks off. Which he says right at Joffrey. And everyone's like, oh, shit. That kind of shows, like. Then he just leaves. What, it, what, it, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, exactly. He's a very imposing man, the Hound. More and more of Stannis' men come ashore, and it's. This is the part where it's, you're kind of like, where are all these guys coming from? But you got to remember, they had all those numbers, much bigger numbers. And uh, Lancel reemerges to get Joffrey, tells him the queen has ordered him to bring him back to the Red Keep. And Tyrion says, if you won't defend your own city, why should they? But Joffrey's like, what, what, did, what did my mother sound like? What did she say exactly? Oh, God, I better go. And ends up... <laughs> bailing pussing out going back inside so this the part that's important after all the game he talked about heart eater about how if stannis is stupid enough to face him that he'll kill him himself like half unsheathing his sword last episode all the game he talked he didn't do shit i mean this was to be expected i thought yes but it just seemed like a little scared little bitch from the beginning like just talking shit just talking a big game but when heart eater when push came to shove nobody i don't think thought joffrey was going to come out and be a hero here but i think it was a little shocking that he did end up going in lancel back to his chambers to take a nap on his on his lisa mattress oh he oh he's got one of those lisas yeah he's got one of those lisas the greatest mattress in in the whole realm uh which by the way if you want a lisa mattress you can go to lisa.com Slash dragon, dragon right now. Get $100 off your Lisa mattress and a free Lisa pillow of $75 value and be just as comfortable as the royalty in King's Landing. Driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody, Lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program. So that'd be like, you know, 
I give one to Flea Bottom to 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 put in one of the brothels or something. Yeah, George R. R. Martin so. actually had to had he 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 was writing this episode, uh-huh. so he was pulling from his own books. And there is there is an excerpt in the book, a, a whole paragraph I think, where Joffrey talks about. He's like, "Well, Lancel, the other thing is, did my Lisa mattress come in? Did it arrive yet? Did it arrive yet? Because if it's there, then I totally then I d- I need to go see what it's like and maybe take a yeah. quick nap on it because I hear it's like the best sleep in the world when you have a Lisa mattress. And Lancel is like, "Yes, it did come in." Straight to his door. It apparently arrived I just did the thing where I like cut the the, the, side, the, of the side of it and it unfurled. <laughs> and by the time we get back to your room, it should be ready to go. Absolutely. And that's, that's why Joffrey had to go. That's what sways him. Yeah. 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 Uh, as Barrett mentioned, these are mattresses that are compressed, shipped in a box straight to your door. You open it up. You cut the side. It's ready in a couple minutes. Brand new luxury mattress right there. And uh, Lisa also plants one tree for every mattress sold. These are American-made. Lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. $100 off your brand-new mattress plus a free Lisa pillow of $75 value. Barrett, Veronica, and I all sleep on the Sapira by Lisa, which is a combination of the box spring and memory foam technology. If you use the code dragon there, you get $200 off a Sapira mattress. Dragon. Dragon. Thing is so comfortable. Love it. Also sleep on a Lisa pillow. Don't hold it against them that Joffrey got one delivered. You know, everybody wants a good night's sleep. He was even. the king. I mean, yeah, he's what a king. are going to do? Sleep like a king tonight. Go to lisa.com slash dragon right now. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back, and then we'll continue running through Blackwater. Hey, this is Ross Bolin, and my new show with producer Micah called The Ross Bolin Podcast is available now on iTunes. Search for The Ross Bolin Podcast. Subscribe. Check it out. We've got segments like Houston Rap Song of the Week, Stuff to Wikipedia When You're High, Animal of the Week, and tons of other random topics. The Ross Bolin Podcast is available on iTunes now. All right, we're back. Let's keep it rolling. Podrick arrives with the men from the King's Gate that Tyrion sent him to gather before it all started. So there was a, a group of soldiers off at another gate just in case, I guess. And Tyrion had ordered Podrick to go get them, bring them over. Yeah. Because this is clearly where the battle's going to go down. Joffrey, as we know, has left. This is when Tyrion realizes he's going to have to do this himself. He's kind of looking around. The whole thing's falling apart. He's like, oh, my God, I've got to fucking be the one to do this. Oh, my God. He yells, men, form up. Men. And everybody kind of ignores him. He says, they say I'm a half man. But what does that make the lot of you? And somebody yells out, the only way out is through the gates, and they're at the gates. And Tyrion says, there's another way out. I'm going to show you. We'll come out behind them and fuck them in their asses. Did you have, uh, did you have closed captioning on for this speech? Oh, yeah. So it's really, really funny because closed captioning will sometimes give you the like off-camera, just like what thro- people throwaway saying. dialogue. That's where I got the, uh, the only <laughs> way out is through the gates, and they're at the gates. Yeah, yeah. Th- there, were, there were a few funny ones here where it's just like, it it adds to what you're hearing, and you're not really paying attention to what right. they say. When but some Joffrey's of them are pretty leaving, funny. Like, what's going on then? Oh, right about who? What now? Like, yeah, when just jo- like when some <laughs> really silly ones. When Joffrey's <laughs> leaving, when he's fleeing, there was like three. Somebody's like, "What's happening now? Where's he going? <laughs> yeah, should we all go with him or something like that?" So yeah, uh, Tyrion continues. He gives this great speech. He says, "Don't fight for your king, and don't fight for his kingdoms. Don't fight for honor. Don't fight for glory. Don't fight for riches because you won't get any." This is your city Stannis means to sack. That's your gate he's ramming. If he gets in, it will be your houses he burns, your gold he steals, your women he will rape. 
those are brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill them. And he rouses this this group of men to go out through the secret exit that he has. Back inside the ladies' room, Lancel tells Cersei that the battle is lost if he doesn't take Joffrey back to the battle. He's like, look, when I brought him out, everybody, the gold cloaks were like defeated by it. And Cersei's response is to punch Lancel in his armor, which... Is that what she does? I almost like thought she stabbed him. She like... Okay, here's why he reacts <laughs> the way he does. Remember he's been shot with the arrow. Yeah, yeah. That's it. She okay. must have hit him right, right where, where he got... was... Yeah, so he like okay. flails also. He's just kind of a baby. Yeah. Um, anyway, he like eats it. He's moaning. Cersei stomps <laughs> off by herself, and Sansa leads the rest of the chicks who are still in the room... She's like, should we s- sing a hymn? <laughs> and they all start singing. Then Shay gets Sansa and is like, you've got to get the hell out of here. Run to your chambers and bar your door. Stannis won't hurt you, but this one will. And she motions to Ill in pain. Very, very smart on Shay's part to mm-hmm. have the wherewithal. There is no way Stannis would harm Ned Stark's daughter. Yeah. Right. He right. has nothing against the Starks. Yep. Ned s- put his name in the hat. Is the one who was for Stannis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Shay has the wherewithal to know that that Cersei is incorrect. Not everybody's going to be raped and burned alive and murdered or right, taken captive. Right. Sansa would definitely not be. She's like, go to your room. Well, Stannis won't hurt you. If if Stannis was the one who got there, if it was just a bunch of soldiers, they might not. I still think there's it was still some, smart. There's yeah. some level of determination within when you're sacking a city to make sure you don't fuck with important people that you want to be on your side still or whatever. Uh, Sansa enters her chambers and bars them and then we see in the background the hound. He's just in there like hammered drunk, still drinking his wine. He offers to take her with him, to take her to Winterfell to keep her safe and she declines and there's this really like creepy rapey vibe to this whole thing Mm -hmm. and I don't really know why. I think it's maybe because we just talked about rape. And maybe part because of they and do he's a, hiding there in the dark. Right. They do a good job of, of making us feel what Sansa would be feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of the fear of this huge man that's in your room. Yeah. That's clearly drunk, maybe has nothing to lose. But what I think is important to take away from this is the hound has no intention of hurting her. Right. right. And it's not something he's even considering. And you have to c- take like Remember the fact that later on, he takes, protects, and travels with another Stark girl. Mm-hmm. Right. So, although Sansa was afraid here, she had nothing to be afraid of. And probably should just go with the she hound. Really yeah, she really should have gone with him. Yeah, it would have been a good option. Because uh, he gets out right. scot Her whole free. life yeah. would have been so much better. Or at least different. We don't know if it would have been better. Probably if, he, if the hound just went where he was going... Yeah, I don't know. She would have like met up with her little sister. Well, I'm just saying, there's no way for us to say what would have happened. Right, that's a completely yeah. different. Set that of that is true. That's true. Tyrion his men, Tyrion and his men sneak up behind uh, Stannis's force at the Mudgate, and and as he says, fuck them from behind. Very quickly, they're able to get rid of this force at the Mudgate in like ten seconds, and a half man chant breaks out. Half man, half man. After he just like whacks that one dude's leg off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one dude just knee Pi- down. Yeah, kneecaps him, just a- leg right off. Yeah. Then Tyrion turns around and sees there are hundreds of more of Stannis' men storm- storming towards them, and he says, oh, fuck me. Then in the midst of this chaos that unfolds, a member of the Kingsguard, 
Sir Mandon is who it is. You can't really tell who it is watching the show. You have to look it up. But his name is Sir Mandon, and he, he and Tyrion kind of have a moment where they lock eyes. And Tyrion sort of smiles like, oh, it's good to have a giant dude yeah, in yeah. big full suit armor. Right like, oh, how crazy fighting. is this, right? Like, man, right? we're really doing it, aren't we? <laughs> and Sir Mandon's response is to full-on swing his, Try, yeah. his sword at Tyrion. He tries to kill him. Yeah. Slices his face open. And then suddenly a spear pokes in through Sir Mandon's face Ugh. and Pod has murdered Sir Mandon, saved Tyrion by, by stabbing this guy from behind. I forgot Pod did this. And the whole thing's kind of crazy because you're like, what the fuck just happened? When you're, The first time yeah. you watch this episode and Tyrion takes that sword to the face, you have no idea yeah, right. you're like, he's if you're ever going to see him yeah. again or what the deal is, especially based on you already, you know, keep in mind nine, ten episodes ago, whatever, you lost Ned Stark Right. I don't think I thought it was going to happen again. I don't. I remember being just so freaked out and so shocked that this guy, who to me was the main character of the show now and my favorite character, right. had just been an assassination attempt from Sir Mandon. Yeah. I think uh, I wasn't. I thought they were just. They just did that once. No part of me thought a main character was going to die. I was like, okay, they they got it. They got us good with Ned. Oh, you was wrong. Um. It wasn't until the Red Wedding when I was like, all right, anything goes. We can lose anybody at any time. So the question here is obviously, why did Sir Mandon do this? At whose behest did he just attempt to kill Tyrion? And my head was immediately like, oh man, Cersei, that bitch. But no, it's not Cersei. Cersei has no reason to want Tyrion wiped out at this point. If anything, he's the only one actually doing anything to keep her safe. It's inferred... Or I guess the if you really run through the logic behind all this, it's Joffrey mm-hmm. is the only reasonable answer yeah. for why this would have happened. Yeah, and that's that. Uh, we then see Cersei sitting on the Iron Throne with Old Tommen in her lap. She tells him the story about a mother lion and her little cub and evil things like stags trying to harm the cub and. Tom, old Tommen says, stags aren't evil. They only eat grass. <laughs> and Cersei just kind of like keeps rolling with her drunk thing. She says, and and wolves. Uh, she opens the essence of nightshade and prepares to, you know, have Tommen drink this whole thing and ju- to keep him safe from capture or whatever. And just as she's about to feed it to him, Loras Tyrell bursts in through the door with a group of men. And Tywin Lannister comes in behind him and says, the battle is over. We have won. We have won. Very yeah, okay. Kingly. Did you see Loris is out there fighting? They should we sh- we see him a few times. We do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Because he's the one because what I kept noticing is I'm like, okay, wait, suddenly there's this the 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 cavalry rides in and there's a guy who's wrecking shit whose helmet looks to have little ant like like it's got little antlers on it. And that's Loris Tyrell. Oh, he I walks in behind. Tywin was the guy we kept seeing wrecking shit. No, he walks in behind Tywin, and you see him take off that that. So and but that was confusing to me because I was like, "What is? Is he wearing Renly's helmet, or is this? I don't know. Like, is his helmet still from when he was behind Renly Baratheon? Why it would have stag's horns? Yeah, because it? it looks like it's got little the little huh. antlers on it. I'm not sure. Uh, but it, yeah. So I did not notice that. I, the battle scenes are honestly they're hard for me. I feel like as we got later on into the show i liked them better because i felt i don't know i just liked them better later anyway uh, this kind of brings up like a whole nother batch of questions that that you've got here like 
did Tywin know of Tyrion's plan? Like, were they in talks about what what was going to happen, right. or like, did did Tyrion know that Tywin was coming with the cavalry? Like, I don't think you, so. You know, yeah. Was um, this just super lucky and well timed? It just happened to play out the way it did, and I imagine that the way it unfolded on screen, which happens kind of quickly, mm-hmm. is obviously the way they had to do it. But you have to think in your mind that a battle takes a long time, right? Right. And at some point here, they just get lucky that Tywin has rolled up with his forces. Also, we don't know how he's convinced the Tyrells, the Tyrells. to join them at this right. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, which could, we do find out very quickly yes. how yep. he did that, yep. and that's uh, very convincing. But yep. this is all very shocking to see Loras roll in, to see Tywin. The, the episode kind of ends with so many cliffhangers. Like, is, Ty- is Tyrion okay? Mm-hmm. How did Tywin pull this off? What the hell's Loras doing there? Uh, we don't really know. The answer to any of these, where'd the hound go? Mm-hmm. There's a lot up in the air. The credits roll in this like solemn version of Reigns of Castamere is yes. sung and played. Which is what Braun and the guys, Which Braun and the boys were singing it earlier. And it's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. The episode as a whole is one of the best ones they've ever made. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, it has all the all the different, the only thing it lacked was sex. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has all the other elements. It's like action, great dialogue, suspense, anxiety, drama. It's drinking. It just doesn't have sex. Which is okay. We can deal with that. That's okay. We've seen yeah, plenty we don't of sex. Need it. Seen yeah, this episode sex. really didn't have a moment for uh, for sexing. Didn't have time. Mm. Didn't have time for nudity. There was nudity. There were boobs. Yeah, there were there were boobs, Ross. There were. Oh, where? The, bronze, the bronze crossed. Oh yeah, they had a little nudity. Mm-hmm. Okay, that counts as sex. Never okay. mind. It had right. everything. Had everything. Everything. <laughs> it, hell, we almost had some vag, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, more or less. More or less. All right, we've got a few hotline calls we want to get through. Uh, so Micah, if you want to queue up that first one for us, we will uh, roll through these. Oh yeah, eight six six four three clams is the number to call if you want to call the hotline. Eight six six four three clams. Here's our first call. Hey, clam fam, it's Derek from San Diego. I was just listening to your bit on Cersei and why she hates Tyrion, and yeah, it's, it makes sense for her to not like him just because he like killed their mother. Obviously, of course, it wasn't intentional, but I think it's because she's so proud of her family and she acts very much like her father in some instances, that she believes, all right, well, fine, if you, you killed our mother, make something out of yourself. Don't just be this degenerate that you sort of had grown up to be kind of whoring around. That's how she sees him, and she feels that it's just the, the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's the main driving force behind her hatred for Tyrion, and it only adds up to the events of all the seasons of Game of Thrones and all the shit that he does despite her whether that's in the right or the wrong so yeah let's fucking ride thank you guys love the pod love you i probably should have included that in clam fam corrections but it's a really good point that he makes that we didn't really get we didn't touch on that mm-hmm. in her from her view he's blowing it. sure okay yeah 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 I get, that makes sense yes yeah thank you very much for the call next Yo, this is uh, George from California, you know, obviously participating in the night's rewatch. Uh, just like to say, Mathos is a highly underrated character. Um, I think the way he plays off against Davos and just the way he's got that whole religion aspect to him, and Davos is a very real guy, you know, he only he would only really believe what he sees. Uh, yeah, anyway... Uh, Love the podcast. 
Peace out. I could not personally disagree with this more. I think whatever the weight of Mathos was supposed to be, whatever he was supposed to serve as is like a counterpoint to Davos, who's all logic, and then Mathos is like this religious guy who mm-hmm. wants his dad. Like, I don't think any, any it didn't pay off at all for me. His character gets wiped out here in one kind of fail swoop. We, we barely even reference him again. Davos, of course, is affected mm-hmm. by losing his son, but not really that much. Right. And... I just I didn't like Mathos. I I always thought his points and shit were kind of just like, oh, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it, we didn't. In the end, he w- he was pretty two dimensional. Yeah, and I'm not. And I guess maybe we'll see in the next episode or two. An episode or two, like, kind of, will be a reminded a little bit of the what kind of toll has. this does take on Davos. But um, <laughs> but but I didn't. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I d- I don't think Mathis was a you know re- a really yeah developed. I could have. It was just like character. a, a Dickon. Like no, don't no, don't you dare. Come on, <laughs> don't you dare put Mathis with Dickon. <laughs> R.I.P. Dickon, <laughs> one of the goats. All right, next call. Oh fuck the arrow, Roth, Barrett, Veronica. Oh Jesus. It's about to go to the fucking arrow in the fire. The wildfire. Oh, no. You guys are fucked. Oh! Oh, no! Holy shit! Oh, that's bad news, bears. Oh, my God. Damn, they got... Uh, we weirdly got like <laughs> several of these calls for whatever reason that were like live reaction calls <laughs> to people watching the episode. Uh, that one was the funniest to me, so I decided <laughs> we'd play it. Yeah. I have no comment. That's just a guy <laughs> watching uh, Braun fire the arrow that blows up the wildfire and freaking out live. It was uh, it was quite a scene. That guy was all of us in 2018. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, next call. Hey, Clam Fam. Um, Ross and Barrett, uh, just wanted to call in. I think I just noticed a quote drop from Arrested Development talking about Theon just being a turd out there. Uh, when Buster confronts George Sr. about Lucille lifting the uh, organized sports ban in the family to let uh, the little Korean kid play soccer, George Sr. says, we just didn't let you play sports. You were just a turd out there. On Young. And uh, heard it twice from Barrett and then Ross. Just wanted to call up and check about that. I think so. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, that's correct. You are correct, sir. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Uh, that that's just me playing a call because I wanted I wanted us to get cr- the credit we deserve. You wanted to acknowledge that we were getting acknowledged. Yes. For our incredible pop culture references, some of which we just slide in there real subtle, like oh yeah. Others we like to talk about. Very out in the open, yes. Such as Wilmerful Drama, yes, uh, and, and being able monies. to win the cash monies on Yo Mama, an MTV show from the 2000s. Yes, if you if you were going to reference <laughs> Wilder Valderrama and uh, Yo Mama and the cash monies in your review, <laughs> that would be a more overt, right, pop culture reference. Whereas yeah. this is an example of a, as Barrett put it, uh, we just kind of slid it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could reference that too. Yeah. You know. Yep. That's all. Next call. 
Yo, what's up, Clam Fam? It's Will from Boston. Quick question. Uh, when Giacomo Gar is like, yo, uh, you and your friends walk through the gate at midnight, how how do they know what time it is? It's like medieval times, and it's the middle of the night. Like, sundials don't even work. And even if they did work by the moon, where you, you'll find a fucking moon dial and just stare at it and, until it's midnight, and then you walk through the gate? No. I mean, how do they know when it's midnight? Let me know. Peace. The whole the whole way that thing unfolds last episode is bizarre, because it's like a yes he gives them a time he's like at midnight or, yeah b why wouldn't he just come get them when he's ready to have them leave or c there's what if they had never assumed that or just t- had the balls to walk out like because he sets those guards all up to be looking like they're you know alive still. He had established the trust with Arya already. Mm-hmm. I agree with that part. True. But the time and that, thing. And then I think that now I'm not. I can't really remember how this plays out. But I think that he's like, well, after I do this, I gotta, get, I gotta get. So I can't. I can't I think be. You might be right. Can't be traipsing around. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna do this, and then I'm. I'm. I'm gone. I'm out of five thousand. It's still the whole thing is weird. But though. I yeah, still don't understand. Point. But I do agree. I do agree. I and I think I. I think I had that thought while watching. I was like, well, wait. N- none of them are wearing a watch. Midnight. Like, how do, like, how do they know what midnight is? Yeah. And I guess my only. I mean, if we're trying, if we're searching for an explanation, maybe back then when you just said midnight, you just meant like the, like, t- the middle of the, the night. time, the middle of the night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. That was all the calls. Again, 866-43-CLAMS is our hotline number. Call in anytime. Reactions from episodes, questions, whatever it is. We will be back next Monday to talk about the 10th and final episode of Season 2, titled Valar Magulis. Morgulis? Valar Morgulis. Written by Benioff and Weiss and directed by Alan Taylor. Uh, and as we mentioned, we will have a segment next week that's titled The Roast of Joffrey Baratheon. That's what we're going to do to cap off season 10 is fry Joffrey because he deserves it. You can follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, or like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles for great Game of Thrones news, links to the latest podcasts, memes, funny pictures behind the scenes, all types of great Game of Thrones content. Uh, you can follow me, Ross, on all social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, at WRBolin. And also, I want to plug my new show, The Ross Bolin Podcast, is available now on iTunes. Subscribe to that. We got eight episodes out, and we'll have more coming this week. The Ross Bolin Podcast. Check that out. Barrett, where can you be followed? Uh, once again, I am at Barrett Dudley. That's two R's and two T's across all of the social media platforms. And uh, for any of the Effies and Effers out there that, mi- that might have missed it, big news! Episode one of F and Around did dr- is officially dropped on Grand X Labs. Oh snap! Yeah, so go follow the Grand X Labs feed wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I mean, you know, if you know who Zach Efron is, this is the podcast for you. I will say, not <laughs> not really is. is. It, that's that's a good way of describing it. <laughs> I, I'm not like a big Zac Efron guy, but obviously I listen to the show because I love you, and uh, it was great. And, and there's more to it than just Zac Efron. Zach, Zach is a is a portal. He's the guiding light. He's yes. our, he's the north star of the podcast, if you will. Yes. Yeah. But there's so much more to it than you could ever imagine. <laughs> Go check out Evan Around on Grand X Labs. You subscribe to Grand X Labs. That's the name of the channel. And then effing around is one of the most recent episodes on there that Barrett 
obviously put together himself. <laughs> uh, Veronica, what about you? Where can you be followed? At Veronica Ruck on Twitter and Instagram. VM Ruck on Snapchat. Okay, okay. Please go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review if you never have before. We would greatly appreciate it. That's how we grow the Clam Fam, get more people to find out about the show and climb the charts. So go on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. Obviously, you should be subscribed to the show as well. If you need some ideas for reviews, check out some of the existing ones and kind of work with you know whatever you can find on there. Go to grandexshop.com slash OCC for... Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> you should have worked that in when it. I tried. Went, oh I know. My God. I could. Have, yeah, we glazed right over it, but we, I really did. We got two new shirts on GrandXShop.com/slash/OCC, which is where we have all our Game of Thrones themed shirts, our oysters, clams, and cockles themed shirt. One is Leanna Mormont that, de- that Veronica designed, mm-hmm. and it says "Girl Boss," and it's just great. It's cute. It's cute. It's for the ladies. Or the or the or the boys or who want to support ladies. Yeah. And the other one is uh is a is a Sumai themed shirt. Mm-hmm. It says I invoke Sumai and it has Zara Zoan Doc Sauce uh do, doing the infamous act. Those are the two new shirts. We've also got a bunch of great ones on there that have been on there for a little bit. Grandexshop.com slash OCC. Check out manoutfitters.com. Use that promo code Dragon to get ten percent off. Or I'm sorry, what is it? Is it ten or fifteen? 15% off your whole order of $150 or more, uh, including free shipping. Also go to lisa.com, L-E-E-L-E-E-S-A.com slash dragon. Dragon. To save big on your Lisa mattress and get that free Lisa pillow of $75 value. Both fantastic products. You'll get a much better night's sleep. Check out the Ross Bowling Podcast. Check out Effing Around on Grand X Labs. We will be back next week. Valar Margulis. Peace, Peace out. Yes, sir.